We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Tom Schumacher, and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us again today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Hey, hi, Terry. Hi. Hey, did I ever tell you about my first near-death experience? Well, now, <laughs> this is a rather unique way to start our show. Isn't uh, today's program titled, Example Speaks Louder Than Words? Well, it sure is. <laughs> so how does your near-death experience figure into that subject? <laughs> and, and wait a minute, you said you're first. Yeah. <laughs> I take it you've had more than one. Yep, uh, everything will soon become clear. Well, I hope so. <laughs> okay, let's hear about your first brush with death. Okay, well, it went like this. My father was a sailor, a Pearl Harbor survivor, in fact, and his language was occasionally shall we say, colorful. Well, I've known a few sailors, so I, I know what you mean. <laughs> okay, so I'm about seven or eight. It's Thanksgiving, and then there's this loud crash in the kitchen, and I overhear my father yelp in pain and say one of those words that, well, we can't say on radio. <laughs> well, well, I can't wait to see what uh, where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, what's this got to do with the ascended masters and our inner divinity, right? Well, it, it crossed my mind. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, so I hear this word that should not be repeated, and of course I think it would be a grand idea to repeat it which I do during Thanksgiving dinner, in the presence of my parents, my grandmother, and a dozen other family members. Into the sudden silence that followed, I knew immediately that I had made, to put it mildly, an error of judgment. (laughs) So there was more than one error? Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) My mother was shocked and asked me where I'd heard such a word, and judgment error number two, I pointed at my dad. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, he is right. My mom and dad say together, Don't you ever say that word again. But, Dad, you said it. Why can't I? And here comes judgment error number three. When my dad says, don't do as I do, do as I say, I respond, and don't ask me where I heard this. I say, well, example speaks louder than words. When I saw that look on my dad's face, I knew my eight-year-old life was about to pass before my eyes. (laughs) And, I mean, my dad's story could have cut diamonds, if you know what I mean. Somehow you survived. Well, yeah, right at that moment, when I'm racking my brain for a suitable exit strategy, my grandmother bursts out laughing, and the situation is diffused, thank God. Yeah, so, so how does this story figure in today's show topic? Well, I am glad you asked that, Terry, and here's how. 
As you noted earlier, we've titled today's program, Example Speaks Louder Than Words. And the central point is this, what we say and do matters, not just to us in terms of the personal karmic consequences of our actions, but often to those who watch us, who look up to us. In other words, the examples we set uh, could have far-reaching consequences, mm-hmm. often when we're not even aware of the impression we make on others, like you mimicking your father's word choices. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> our children, our siblings, even total strangers observe how we handle ourselves and may choose to emulate what we do, or at least consider that if I did it, it must be okay. Well, well, most of us certainly don't like knowing that we're being watched, <laughs> well, but no. we often are. Yeah. And our actions do obviously influence others. Yeah, and bringing this closer to home, I think that this is particularly true for those who profess to be on a spiritual path. It's like because of our positive values, we're held to a higher standard. I guess you could sum it up by saying that we're always teaching by what we say and do, even by what we don't say or do. Right. We might be in a situation where a certain courageous action might be called for, like defending someone who's being bullied, for example, or victimized in some way. If we do not act, our example might teach others that non-involvement is okay. And we know this can be tricky. Yeah. Uh, we're using this oversimplified example to make the point that by our words and deeds, we teach others. Yeah. And going back to the spiritual path angle, think about what you believe. Do you live what you believe? Are the truths you hold dear manifesting in your daily life? If your personal spiritual life code says, thou shalt not lie, and you profess this belief to others, uh, what do you suppose happens when you tell a lie and violate your own code? Yeah, you're telling others that you don't really respect your own beliefs, at least not enough to live by them, possibly even leading your observers to conclude that the underlying truths you espouse aren't worth pursuing. And that's one of the central points of today's program. Sure, it's obvious to everyone that setting a good example is a good idea. But what we're talking about is taking that one step further and living what we believe, especially if we adhere to a spiritual path. And really, if we were to break it down to its simplest components, we could probably say, be good and do good. As simple as that is, just imagine how much better off the world (laughs) would be if we just lived by that simple axiom. Be good, do good. <laughs> Another common way to say it is we all, something we all know is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Another one is do no harm. That's still a very commonly known axiom. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as we said, we know this is obvious. But what is the spiritual path if not a code of conduct? We can mouth platitudes all day long and sound wise, but there is a greater wisdom in always acting on our beliefs and not just stating them for the record. Isn't the core of what we're talking about love? Well, yes, absolutely. At the heart of any legitimate spiritual path, there is love. Love is all there is. This has been a core theme for all manner of religions and spiritual paths literally since man first left his God estate and descended into the density of human experience. And it's been problematic for probably just as long. <laughs> yeah, say so. In his letters to the Corinthians, Paul reminds them, and us, that love is a practice, not a theory. Love isn't puffed up. It is not vain. You can't simply pay lip service to love and expect to reap its rewards. Love is essential, but that doesn't always make it easy. We've all heard the cry, why can't we just love one another? That's a plea that has been uttered throughout all of recorded history. Why don't we get it? Well, you know, maybe we don't get it because we don't all have strong and consistent enough examples of truly loving behavior. Perhaps if we did, we'd all have an easier time choosing to love one another. The examples you speak of, those beliefs that we reinforce and teach others by our actions, it all starts at home, doesn't it? Well, certainly our parents are powerful role models. But so are those we idolize for any reason. 
people in politics, in entertainment, in the media, in sports. And, of course, in the pulpit. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of people who exert influence on us, whether we know it or not. And because we respect them, and in some cases even idolize these influential figures, we naturally want to be like them. Maybe why you wanted to repeat your father's (laughs) colorful language. Yeah, you know, it sounded cool and kind of grown up at the time, but I should have known better. And with proper examples over time. You did learn better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I get the feeling, though, that there's something else on your mind, and we're developing this rather simple concept of setting a good example. Well, right you are, Terry. When it comes to setting good examples, the saints and sages of East and West, our brothers and sisters who have gone before us to show the way, these are the greatest examples of love we could ever hope to have. The Ascended Master. The very same. They all lived their beliefs and their life stories and their teachings cast a pure and brilliant light on the path that we may follow if we choose. It is a path of love, to be sure, and it is also a path of awakening to our higher selves, our innate divinity. Imagine these great masters, these living, breathing examples of true Christ consciousness. Were they always like that? These luminous beings were once in their human experience just like us. They walked where we walk, were challenged by those things that challenge us, In other words, they had to overcome the same tests we face. And they each chose the path of Christ's mastery because they had a great goal in mind, reunion with God. Mm -hmm. They put this goal first above all things, and they chose only thoughts, words, and deeds that were consistent with attaining this lofty goal. And their lives are their legacy to us because the examples they set are examples we can all follow. Want to know more about these wonderful masters, their lives, and their past lives? Go to Amazon and look up the book, The Masters and Their Retreats. You will absolutely love this book. It introduces you to scores of great ascended masters, A to Z, including where they are on the etheric plane right now. Hmm. That's master, The Masters and Their Retreats. Yeah, thanks, Terry. That's an excellent suggestion. Well, it's where this whole show is headed, I think, emulating the masters and their examples for being good and doing good. Yeah, and we're only scratching the surface of this seemingly simple topic. We haven't even begun to talk about how some actions by the influential people in our lives can actually fool us, sometimes by design. And that moves us into the area of discernment. Uh, By their fruits shall ye know them. Precisely. While we can totally trust the Ascended Master's examples, the same cannot be said about some of the less scrupulous individuals in our world. Certain political figures spring to mind, and we shall not name names. (laughs) But I'm sure you get the point. Some examples we can trust, others we can't. And we have to learn how to tell the difference. You know, um, Narrowly Duffy is going to be joining us in a little bit. Let's develop this subject of discernment in more depth with her, okay? Oh, okay. Sounds good to me. Good. But before we move on, there is another and probably rather obvious undercurrent running through today's program. And that would be? Well, it's all well and good to talk about the examples we see before us in our lives, from our parents, teachers, religious and political leaders, and so forth. But what's really most important is that we each take the responsibility to be teachers and leaders and set good examples, to be good examples. If we really want to see positive change and experience a spiritual renaissance for ourselves and the planet, charity, as they say, begins at home. We shouldn't expect others to do this for us. We've got to take up the mission of being good and doing good right where we are and carry this flame to the world just as Jesus, Buddha, and the rest of the Ascended Masters have demonstrated. And speaking of the Ascended Masters, a great deal of what we know about their practical and priceless teachings, as well as their examples, have come to us through their chosen messengers, Mark L. Prophet and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And thank God for them (laughs) and their tremendous service to the world. Well, you are definitely right about that. And in that vein, when we come back, 
we will share with you a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the Ascended Masters, who they are, how they communicate their teachings to us, and plenty more. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Who are these great examples we speak of, these ascended masters? Why are their lives and teachings so important for us to learn and understand? And how are their teachings made known to us in the first place? Here is Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the subject of the ascended masters. One of the things that we've talked about a great deal are the ascended masters. So who are the ascended masters? Well, I always like to say that the ascended masters are people like you and me. In fact, they are sons and daughters of God who have realized that they are joint heirs with the Christ, and they have determined to master life, to pursue God with a passion through their sacred labor, and to reunite with him at the conclusion of a lifetime that represents the culmination of many lifetimes of working out their karma and their dharma on earth. The ascended masters, then, are simply people like you and me, who have re-entered into the consciousness of God. Now they are part of the Lord's hosts, the ascended hosts or the saints in heaven, and they are the very hovering presence, the living spirit of God who minister unto the children of God on earth. Do you mean they actually communicate directly with people on our plane? The ascended masters have been communicating with mankind for thousands of years. The prophets of Israel, 
said that the word of the Lord came unto them, saying, And then they have delivered their prophecies. The Lord God whom they described was a personification of the Great Spirit, an individualized presence which appeared to them. In fact, there are many descriptions in Old and New Testament of those who came in white raiment, those who were angelic presences, who came with messages and warnings at certain crucial moments in the history of the people of Israel. We find then that the appearance of the Ascended Masters is not new, but the term Ascended Master is new, and it is something we need to understand as we enter the Aquarian Age. Of course, the term is self-explanatory. Master is one who has the full faculties of being, who has mastered, perhaps, one area of human endeavor. But in this sense, we are speaking of the master as the master teacher and the master of life. An ascended master is one who has reunited with the God flame, who has accelerated consciousness and who is free from the round of rebirth, who does not continue to incarnate in the flesh and blood form. Hence the term ascended master. Now we've all heard of masters from the east, the masters of India, and we would call them unascended masters because they are teachers who have mastered the energies of life and yet they are still in embodiment. If someone has mastered time and space and has mastered the need to operate on this plane, why should he come back and bother with us? Well, this is the meaning of love. It is the meaning of the love of all of the great ones who have come to earth. It is that in overcoming, they cannot bear to simply leave their brothers and sisters without an understanding of that path. So the Ascended Masters are the benevolent ones, the compassionate ones, who remain hovering with this sphere, this planetary home, to show us the way out. And their communication has been very real to me over a period of about 20 years. I began feeling the presence of the Ascended Masters in childhood and in my teenage years, and finally I saw the Master El Moria who appeared to me when I was in college at Boston University. He came to me in answer to my calls of many years in which I told God that I wanted to be of service in communicating his teaching to the children of God. And so El Moria, who was embodied as St. Thomas More, came and told me that I must be trained to be a messenger so that I could set forth the teachings. So I began my training under Mark Prophet, who I later married, and I was able then to receive the dictations, the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Mark and I have set forth these teachings in many books, publications, and on tape recordings. And essentially, they do provide that synthesis of the world's religions that I knew as a child I had come to do. This work continues now as we have our Summit University where we are training people of all ages in these teachings of the Ascended Masters. It's a very rewarding work because it always leads the individual back to the real self, the inner self, and that is the point of beginning for our life's work and fulfillment. So the Ascended Masters, you're saying, are doing the same thing today with you that they once did for uh, the prophets and the Bible and so forth. This is true, and, of course, I am not exclusive. 
There are others who have heard the word of the Lord, and we have the prophecy of Joel that in the last days it would come that the Spirit of God would be poured out and that there would be the dreaming of the dreams and the, the hearing of that word and the pouring out of that Spirit upon all flesh would be that moment when the people of God on earth would realize the very personal presence of the Lord's hosts. And so you see this in the charismatic movement today in the Protestant and the Catholic churches. People are waiting upon the word of the Lord. They are calling upon that spirit. And many are hearing and many lives are being transformed by it. What you're saying is really amazing and fantastic. And I guess the big question is, how does somebody know that what you're saying is true? How does one understand? There's only one way, and that is the formula which Jesus gave us. He said, by their fruits you shall know them. He told us there would be false Christs and false prophets. Hence, if there are to be false Christs and false prophets, we may induce that there would be true Christs and true prophets. And the coming of the Christ is the coming of the anointed one. This is the meaning of the word Christ. It means a son of God anointed with the Christ consciousness or with the light of the word or the second person of the Trinity. Those who come in the spirit of prophecy come with the Holy Spirit. And so there are some endowed as prophets, some endowed as Christs, and then there are those who are not a part of that dispensation, but who enter into practices of black magic and witchcraft, and these become the false Christs and the false prophets. The children of God must test or try the spirits to see whether they are of God. And the trying of the spirits means the testing of the vibration, the testing of the very foundations of truth. And this we must do through quiet communion and meditation and the calling upon the name of the Lord I am that I am to give us the proof that the word that we are speaking is real. In other words, it's possible for anyone to decide whether or not your experience is real just by listening to you. Yes, because we all have God living within us. And the flame of God gives to us that consciousness whereby we can determine light and darkness. Frequently you give live dictations and Sunday services, and you have produced several books by dictation who have, uh, that have been written through you. I wonder if you could tell us what happens during a dictation. Does the master speak through you? Is he, is he present at the time? Does he inspire you? Or what is the nature of this experience? I've been called a messenger by the Amasters who have used me for this purpose. And the office of a messenger is something that comes by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so does the gift of prophecy come. It is a grace. It is an endowment. It is something that one achieves by walking with God until God calls that one to speak to his people. And so during a dictation, it is the acceleration or the elevation of my consciousness so that that consciousness can mesh with the consciousness of an ascended master. And the moment of the meshing is, is an experience of my higher consciousness, which I visualize as a sphere, actually meshing with the sphere of the ascended master. And in that moment, then, there is the release of the word and 
the use of my voice, my physical vehicles as the instrument for the bringing forth of this teaching. Are you doing the talking or is the master doing the talking at this time? Well, I am very much a part of a real experience in the presence of the master. It's like being inside someone's mind. The mind of the master is cogitating through my mind and he is speaking through my mouth. However, I am not in a trance and I am in full awareness of my full faculties of the Christ mind. This is quite different than I gather from what is uh, normally referred to as uh, psychic uh, involvement. Well, the psychic channeling that is brought forth many times in trance comes through the subconscious mind, where the individual is not in the presence of his own Christ mind, and yet his vehicles are used by discarnates, disembodied spirits, uh, to convey such messages as we're familiar with from the departed through the spiritualist movement. Now, this may have its place for those who desire it, but as I stand as a messenger for the Ascended Masters, this is not permitted. I would lose the gift of the messengership and of prophecy were I to engage in any form of intercourse with the departed. And it is the absolute insistence of the Ascended Masters that their disciples, and I consider myself a disciple of the Ascended Masters, um, they insist that the the disciple is always in the full use of his faculties when he is in communion with God, retaining his own reason and judgment and self-discipline. So there is no point at which your own faculties are suspended. You're always completely in command of your own uh, faculties when this sort of thing is happening. That's correct. And, of course, there are different methods which the great ones use to convey their concepts. Uh, sometimes uh, taking a dictation is like reading a ticker tape coming across Times Square. It simply is letters of living fire which can be read and repeated. Uh, that is only one form of giving a dictation. Uh, the meshing of the master's consciousness with the individual's consciousness uh, has been uh, referred to uh, in regards to the Pope. When they say that the Pope speaks ex cathedra, this means out of the mouth of God. It means that God is speaking through the Pope without any opportunity for the Pope to intrude his own preferences or prejudices, and therefore the word that comes forth under those conditions is accepted as absolute and infallible. In other words, when you speak during a dictation, what you're saying is infallible. Well, I wouldn't say that it is infallible because I think that's a very dangerous um, conclusion to draw, but I would say that there is uh, less opportunity for error than there would normally be in, in the course of my giving forth teachings. Well, I think um, infallible, perhaps not, but certainly worth listening to. Yeah, it certainly Now, is. I also forgot to mention that our interviewer in this last segment was Doug Kenyon. In fact, he probably still is Doug Kenyon. <laughs> yes, yes, he does such a nice job. He does. Well, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Dr. Narrowly Duffy. Please stay with us. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We are back, and joining us right now is the aforementioned Dr. Nerly Duffy. <laughs> Hi, Nerly. Hi, Nerly. Hi, good to see you guys again. Nice it is good you. to see you, too. Good Thank to be you. with you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, uh, always. Well, <laughs> now, we're going to go off the reservation for a moment here, because it has become clear that we need to say a little more about who we are as an organization and why this might matter to you. First of all, you hear us say at the top of each program that we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and that we invite you to awaken to your own innate divine potential. And while that's not only a great start to any spiritual journey and also a most essential step to springboard spiritual growth, here's what else you need to know about us. We are passionate about helping the world awaken to the light within, and we need the support of each and every light bearer on the planet to make this worldwide awakening a reality. It is our passion and our mission. Those from both Eastern and Western spiritual traditions recognize the idea of an inner divinity. According to John 10.34, for example, Jesus says, Mm -hmm. Know ye not that ye are gods? Mm -hmm. The Summit Lighthouse is a global movement comprised of people waking up to their inner divinity. Want a religious experience? We've got that with Church Universal and Triumphant, complete with beautiful rituals, sacraments, and other special observances. Looking for a more secular, non-church experience? We've got that, too. Our Keepers of the Flame fraternity is perfect for spiritual seekers who want a personal path to follow. And there's Summit University, offering classes on-site and online for spiritual seekers of all kinds, from all paths and disciplines. But perhaps you're sensing the pull of a higher reality? Mm -hmm. And if so, we know what that feels like because we felt it, too. Your soul wants to be free, and feeling the light grow within is a joyful and fulfilling adventure. We're here 
if you want to learn more about how to experience this inner light. And as we say, we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. These are practical teachings. They're universal. They bridge diverse spiritual belief systems and movements. And they can be applied in our daily lives, including how to use spoken prayer to harness the highest spiritual energy, such as the violet flame, for both personal and planetary change. And we know that one of the most essential keys to making real progress on any spiritual path is fellowship. The Summit Lighthouse is a vibrant community of like-minded people, all seeking to expand their inner light and who are growing daily in awareness of their higher selves. This fellowship can be especially comforting when we are confronted by life's challenging tests and trials and could use a little encouragement and support. And there's another aspect to inner light awakening, and it is this. When you begin to expand your inner light, your consciousness will be ignited with new thoughts and insights. What can you do with them? You can share them with your community and with your family. The Summit Lighthouse strives to sustain an environment where you may safely share and explore what you are learning. For example, you can join the conversation on our social media channels. The links are easy to find on our website, www.com. TSL.org. Yeah, and when you understand who you are and realize the full magnitude of your inner being, you will naturally want to share it with others, and the circle will be complete as our passion becomes your passion. Well, thanks for that digression, folks. Um, yes. Back to our uh, regularly scheduled Q&A. <laughs> um, you know, because we're so close to the subject, we sometimes forget that the Ascended Masters, those great saints and sages of East and West, are taken together somewhat unique to our path, the path of personal Christhood and the ascension. And what I mean is that our path is graced by the collective, authentic wisdom of the ascended masters in ways that are unparalleled by other spiritual movements and belief systems. Would you agree with that? Well, I think it's astounding how wise and wonderful the ascended masters' teachings are and how practical they are, too. You know, the masters are our older brothers and sisters. They've gone before us, and they want us to follow in their footsteps. And there is a path that leads back to God, and they've walked it. And so, as we are talking today about examples speaks louder than words, our dear Ascended Masters are our primary examples on the spiritual path, and they've come from every world religion, Mm -hmm. or none. Uh, Or none. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, today's program is built around the simple thesis that example speaks louder than words. Another way of putting this might be to say that we are that we must be willing to wear our faith, to become our beliefs, and not merely pay lip mm-hmm. service to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems simple enough. So why is it so <laughs> difficult it to so do? Why is it so difficult to yeah. do? Yeah. Well, it's because we're going uphill rather than downhill. And basically, it takes some effort on our part. So if we do take a stand for what we believe, as you said, maybe it will cost us a little bit, or maybe it will cost us a lot. <laughs> maybe it will affect our relationships in our community. Maybe our family won't be too thrilled with us. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it might affect our business or our livelihood. If we're a public figure, it might affect that aspect of our lives. But you know, but in the end, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It earns respect. Our true friends always appreciate that honesty, and our friends in he- heaven certainly know the sincerity of our hearts. You know, my father used to quote Shakespeare to me and say, "To thine own self be true, and it shall hmm. be as the night, the day that thou canst not be false to any man." So what we need to realize is that everyone knows what everybody else is doing at inner levels. When we meet at night in the heaven world, mm-hmm. there are no secrets. 
So we do take a soul reading of one another yeah. when we meet in the physical. And haven't you found that? You know, we either trust or we don't. We either feel oh. good or we don't. In fact, it's really hard to hide who we are. It, eventually it comes out. Have you noticed that? In the day of the Internet, nothing is hidden anymore. <laughs> know. You know, you can get away with it for a little while. Years ago, you could get away with stuff for years and years, a whole lifetime. But in this day and age, sooner or later, we give ourselves away. Like it says in the Bible, that which is hidden will be shouted from the rooftops. So we might as well take a stand for what we believe because everybody's going to know anyway. Well, I'm right with you there. I like that concept of um, you know taking a soul reading. We may get back to that subject mm-hmm. in a bit, but as you mentioned that, I realized that it's something that we do know. I mean, there's something that we innately, intuitively understand about another person, whether we ever hear them speak or yeah. not. Yeah. There's the sense we get yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah, and that's called vibration. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's going to come into discernment that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Oh, goody. Yes. I hope you're yes. going to ask me about that. Oh, well. Because <laughs> uh, you hinted at it. <laughs> yes, well, you remind me if I don't. <laughs> okay. All right, well. Why do you think so many people are prone to idolizing others? Mm. Is this somehow mm-hmm. indicative of the soul's hunger for finding a higher meaning to life or a higher teacher and looking for a specific focus of this soul hunger? And what's your opinion? Um, I think it's actually characteristic more of our innocence. It's a characteristic of embodied angels. We tend to follow our hierarchs and our leader angels. We tend to be humble and we tend to think that someone else always knows better than we do. So we want to believe that all is well. We want to believe that our leaders are all good. And we don't always see things um, as they <laughs> truly are rather than as they seem. And I think it's just a quality of us just tending to want to be putting our Christ consciousness onto somebody else. In other Projecting words, it, we're, yeah. we're really not that worthy. You know, I, it couldn't be me. Could right. it be I, Lord? I couldn't be. You know, a Christed one. It's got to be someone else. Well, and I'll go. I'll go find it. I'll yeah. go find that one. Yeah. Well, and they have the spotlight. So you think that? Well, of course, yeah. if they have that spotlight, they must have earned it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Maybe not. Yeah. That's a fallacy, and it, and it comes back to the chart of your presence. You know, I am a divine being by the grace of God. God yeah. lives in me. Mm-hmm. The Christ, the Buddha. You know. Yep. yep. Preaching oh. to the choir. Well, <laughs> no, okay. keep preaching. <laughs> keep preaching. <laughs> Well, our modern media and entertainment culture typically exalts the human at the expense of the divine. Boy, I'll say. Even though we are continually disappointed when we learn that our idols have things to play. <laughs> Here we go. So why do we keep doing that, though? Well, <laughs> actually, it's a part of the fallen angel's plot to keep us down uh-huh. and depressed. Oh, yeah. We put our faith in someone else, and they let us down. And the fallen angels try to get us to think, well, you know, if this person will let you down, God's going to let you down sooner or later. But we have to turn the tables. Let God be true and every man a liar. In other (laughs) words, don't trust in the human in anyone. Uh Trust in the divine in everyone and trust in God. Put not thy faith in man, nor make flesh thine arm. It's not about the human. It's about the divine. Mrs. Prophet once said, if you keep trying to perfect the human, you're going to end up in the nut house. <laughs> we do not have to be humanly perfect at all. So stop oh, it. Well, yeah. Just shatter that matrix right now. I don't have to be humanly perfect. I have the divine in me, and that's good enough. I'll do my best, make a mistake, fall, fall down, get up. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's maybe come at this idea of idols from a slightly Mm. different angle here. Do you think that our earthly idols feel the pressure of our high expectations, even to the point of feeling the weight of our unconscious expectations that they're going to fall from grace sooner or later? Yeah, and in fact, in Australia, they have the tall poppy syndrome. The last thing you want to be is the poppy sticking up above all the other poppies because you'll just get chopped down. And, and, And the weight of public opinion can literally cause people 
to fall off their pedestals. Yeah. They may be a good person, but they don't have the spiritual tools to deal with it. And the amount of media fascination with people can be harmful. We've seen that again and again with public figures. No. Think of Princess Diane. Think, think of Marilyn Monroe. Spiritually, she committed suicide by taking the overdose of tablets because of the amount of attention she was receiving from millions of men fantasizing about her, causing her simply to not be able to go to sleep without medication. Mm. She overdid it, mm. you know, whatever. We need to protect everyone, people in the public eye from the wiles of the media and the forces of darkness that manipulate the situation. We really need our kinship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the toughest challenges we can experience in life is the loss of loved ones, particularly when those loved ones choose to take their own lives. Many people, particularly the young, offer almost blind devotion to their idols, even to the point of copying them in everything, like from what they wear and how they act to what they believe in, and sadly, how they may express their own personal sadness and despair. Obviously, I'm talking about suicide, and I wonder... What it is that motivates someone to emulate another in such an extreme way? Yeah. It's a complex question, but thoughts of suicide actually come from the projections of the fallen angels from the astral plane. Many of the fallen angels commit suicide quite publicly themselves, hoping that others who are of the light will follow them. It's part of their mesmerism. It's part of their aura of illusion and delusion mm. that they carry about with them. And it's very compelling to a poor light bearer who really doesn't realize that they are of the light. So we need to call for everyone on the planet, especially our young people, to be cut free from suicide in all of its manifestations. Archangel Michael is certainly up to the task. But <laughs> people need to know who they are spiritually and what's their own mind and what's a projection against their mind, and they need to fight it off. And, and that's vigilance. It has to be maintained and sustained every day. Totally. You know, just kind of make that arbitrary call every now and mm -hmm. then. And mm -hmm. You've got to be on it. Well, you know, obviously our belief in and devotion to others can be taken to extremes, even to the point of suspending our own better judgment. We need some way of shining a bright light into our dark corners to dispel the shadows that can cloud our judgment, don't we? I mean, the masters tell us that by their fruit shall ye know them. Mm -hmm. And we need a way to see the fruits that mm -hmm. others bear clearly. In other words, we need discernment. discernment. Do you agree that discernment is an essential tool for helping us divide the real from the unreal? And how can we develop discernment? We absolutely need it. It's a quality of the Holy Spirit. We get that discernment through the connection to our higher self. So we go back to the chart of your divine self. You have to have complete faith in God. And if we don't accept that God is within us as the authority for the God without us, then we start to become lost sheep. And that's where what you're basically saying is we follow the blind who lead the blind. blind lead but the blind, we have yeah. to establish that mighty and supreme confidence in the flame in the heart and in our Holy Christ self and just anchor yourself to that any, every day. Just spend a minute meditating on that chart of your divine self. Mm -hmm. Incredible dividends. Like touching home base. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's not just a picture. It has to be a living, vibrant reality 24 hours a day and most of all in that hour of need. It's your anchor. Yeah. You know, you're getting a projection of like, you know, that I need to kill myself. No. Turn mm -hmm. that around. Hold on to your iron presence. Archangel Michael. Roll it back. Archangel me, Michael, help me, help me, help me. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've got to have these tools. Discernment is a big one. And yeah. most people don't understand these simple truths. Well, simple. Simple, yeah. yes. Well, we'll come back to that. We've got to take a break right now, but please don't go away because when we return, we'll continue our discussion of the power of good example and discernment with Narrowly Duffy. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. 
Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. That's right. We are back for more discussion with Nairly Duffy on the Ascended Masters, our ideal role models, and the power of being a good example. Now, before the last break, we were talking about discernment, and let me throw the next question to you, Terry. Okay. Well, when we really begin to focus on, on separating the real from the unreal, we could open ourselves up to both higher powers and psychic energies. If we feel that we are receiving divine guidance, how do we know that it's real? Oh, good question. Yeah, <laughs> That's a very good question. Well, we know it by vibration, by discernment, and literally that's the power of the Holy Spirit. In simple terms, your soul always knows. Your heart always knows, but we also need to purify the soul and the heart. And the way to discern is always pray about it. Always ask God to show you. But you have to be open to hearing what God's got to say to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you have to not want the answer so much that it's got to be your way or the highway. Not my will, but not yes, be done. Yes, exactly. So surrender it. Don't make any instantaneous judgments. If you don't know, but ask. Say something happens and you feel, this feels like divine guidance. Ask God, you know, is this true? Is this really the voice of my Christ self? Mm-hmm. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Decrees are a wonderful way to purify your soul, mm-hmm. your heart, and your consciousness so that you can see what you're meant to see. And God will always show you. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about um, various challenges, tests, and trials, and, you know, all the things that we face in our daily lives, and it's not easy. Um, so, you know, I think it's abundantly clear that we really can't do this mm-hmm. upward trek alone. Mm-hmm. So let's talk for a moment about finding allies as we forge our way back home to God. Well, there's no shortage of allies on the ascended path. 
on the spiritual path. There's angels, there's archangels, there's masters, there's nature spirits called elementals. So what you do is you pick a favorite master and you pray to that one for guidance. Maybe it's Jesus or Mary or Saint Germain or Moria or a Buddha. Give the mantras and the decrees of that master. Give the violet flame and the calls to Archangel Michael. Invoke your tube of light. And more than that, concentrate on the heart. You know, mm-hmm. the flame in the heart can heal all of your diseases. It can bring about alignment. It can bring you back to the blueprint of your life. And that threefold flame can bring you nearer to your divine plan and to the divine one who lives within you, that inner Christ, that inner Buddha. So no shortage of allies. Pick one. Oh, yeah. Stick like glue to that one. You know, go yeah. to another one if you want to. But, you know, they're there. And they're so close. You know, we've got... um Gosh, I don't know how many books we have by Elizabeth Clare Prophet and Mark Prophet. We've got, you know, dozens, scores of uh, multimedia tapes, mm-hmm. CDs, DVDs. Mm-hmm. I mean, all kinds of things that if you go to Amazon mm-hmm. and you look up anything about Violet Flame, the Ascended mm-hmm. Masters, look for Elizabeth Clare Prophet as their author. Typically, you'll know that that's sort of your seal of approval. And uh, go to tsl.org, look at our bookstore. There are so many ways that you can become acquainted with the Ascended Masters and particular ones that will just call out to you. You'll know it when oh, you find one. You yeah, know? it's like <laughs> yeah, the book right. falling off the shelf and yeah. hitting you on the head. Or, you know, you'll just look at that on the on the website and you go, got to have it, got to have it. Yeah, it's yeah, talking right. to you. Yeah, it's talking to me. The Ascended Masters are stellar examples of mastery and Christhood, and they are terrific allies to have on our side. But <laughs> is it really possible for us to emulate them, or is it just too high a mountain to climb? You hear that question well, all the time. Yeah. Tom yeah. <laughs> and Terry, it's not too high at all. In fact, that's our motto, climb the highest mountain. Oh, yeah. You do need guides up the mountain, and the masters are our intrepid guides and <laughs> Sherpas, if you will, mm-hmm. and you can certainly emulate the masters. More than that, you actually have to emulate them in order to get this off this planet alive, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. as Jesus said, greater works than I do shall ye do because I go to my Father. The, the masters have gone on and... We can access them through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we need to do that. Well, and they won't just come down and help us without being asked. No. That's part of the no, whole free will equation. Big big rule number one is <laughs> yeah. ask and you shall receive. And, you know, they can't literally interfere unless you ask. Yeah, they can't. It, but that's Whoa. because of that incredible rule of free will. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd like to throw that one over and say, just do whatever you need to do. I'll surrender. But no, every day <laughs> no. you've got to surrender no. your free will. <laughs> that's very t- <laughs> could, be, could be dangerous. Could be dangerous. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so I'm going to change the subject for a second, but we'll come back to those, I'm sure. Um, when we have an opportunity to do the right thing, like helping another in need, and we do nothing, is there a karmic consequence? <laughs> Yes, there is such a thing as karma of omission. Mm -hmm. That means you didn't do it. We didn't do something. We knew we should. We -hmm. think there's no consequence to that. But we don't necessarily know what the karma is. You know, it's kind of like the road not taken. If you don't take that road, you don't know what's down the end of it. Mm -hmm. So we may find a little bit later, sometimes the same thing that we didn't do for somebody else actually happens to us. And then we can feel like what it is not to have that help or support that we need or we'd like to. So it's better to do the right thing, help somebody else out, pay it forward. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, it feels good. But more importantly, it balances karma. And you know what? It creates really good karma. We all need to have that positive ledger. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every day. Mm. Well, you said something um, in the previous segment about how sometimes making the right decision, doing the right yeah, thing can, can alienate yeah. family members, friends, yeah. you know, whatever. It takes some courage to do this. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about a karmic consequence, we have mm-hmm. to recognize that 
you might be asked to do something that would take a lot of courage and don't get down on yourself yeah. if you don't do it right then, but just maybe yeah. have that be something you learn from and maybe do better the next time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's absolutely right. You know, it's, just, it's, 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 it can be tough, but you know, there's a price to be paid for all of this. Well, and we have to be vigilant. And we have to be willing to pay that price. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Our good deeds live after us. Mm. How do you like that? I like it. Isn't it our own enlightened self-interest to leave a legacy of good deeds behind us, understanding that our good examples may may often have far-reaching effects, a karmic ripple effect, if you yeah, will. Yeah, you throw that good deed into the pond and the ripple goes out and mm-hmm. it may keep going. And you, you may, may you may have forgotten about it, and somebody will remind you about it five years later. Hey, you did this, and it really meant a lot to me. Oh yeah. So the legacy of good deeds can live on, and it can keep on balancing karma long after we are gone. So write a book that helps people. Leave a legacy. Donate to charity. Give birth to a child who then develops a cure for cancer, or becomes a really good president of a nation, or you know, there's so many ways. Oh, Just gosh. whatever you do every yeah. day. Consecrate it to God. Do the best you can. It's all good karma. I have a, a coffee cup, coffee mug that says it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> a great cool. little cafe in uh, Zion, Illinois. It's all good. Yeah, um, it's the good. gift that keeps on giving. Well, and you know, again, a quick anecdote. Um, years and years ago, my youngest boy um, wanted me to help coach his softball team, and there were there were mm-hmm. few, too few coaches, too many boys, mm-hmm. right? And unfortunately, when we finally said yes. All the young kids who had not been picked by any other team were left. Yeah. So we got this group of ragtag misfits who didn't know which hand to put their glove on. <laughs> and, oh, God, God loves that kind of team. Well, I know. <laughs> and, and so the worst they, women. Well, they're, they're, they're 10 years old. Yeah. Right? And so we readily, another dad and I realized, We've got to come up with something that yes. lets these kids yes. know everything's okay. So our motto was, it's all part oh. of the game. Yes. It's all part, part of, the, of game. the game. You struck out, it's all part, part of the, of the game. game. Air, all part of the game. Oh. Eight years later, high school graduation, I'm standing in yeah. the hallway, it's already over with, and I have this tap on my shoulder. The smallest kid on the team at the, in those days when he was 10 was a little kid who just really didn't know anything, but we, we, he played and it was all part of the, the, the game was, you know, like it became his mantra. There's a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around. I'm looking at this kid about 6'3", and he goes, hey, coach, it's all part of the game. Wow. He had gone from this little ugly duckling to this really handsome, vibrant, dynamic person. wonderful? I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, that made so much difference to me, I started to cry. So, oh. Oh, Look, as you're saying that, I've (laughs) got to say it. Um, It really, we're talking about the masters there as our examples, Mm -hmm. but the example of a person in our life, you know, a coach, mm-hmm. somebody, a parent, an aunt, an uncle. You know, all those examples are so important. And that's the game of life. That's it. And it's may, all about the game. You may not know who you affect. Yeah. Like you said, years later, it may come back. But it teaches them how to deal with the difficult tests, like when they get cancer or a child dies. or You know, oh, it's all part gosh, of the game. Yeah. You just got to keep going. I keep love going, that. Keep yeah. going, yeah. Okay, where are we? Well, <laughs> I want to go back to discernment now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've already discussed discernment and some of the ways that we might develop the skill. But I'd like to go back to the subject for a moment and say this. You remember some years back when the expression, what would Jesus yes. do, became popular? Yes. Well, we would expand the statement to say, what would the ascended masters do? Now, how can we put this question into the form of a decree right. that would help us cultivate discernment? Yes. What would Buddha do? <laughs> what would Archangel Michael do? Um, what would my dad do? You know, if my dad is a, is a Christ, well, what would he do? Uh-huh. You can turn that into an affirmation. You can say, in the name I am that I am, I do the works of him that sent me. Or, in the name I am that I am, 
I do the works of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Or in the name I am that I am by the grace of God, I do the works of Buddha. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you great. can turn it around. The works of Buddha. Yeah. yeah. Well, as good examples go, a smile and a kind word can have just as much impact as a grand gesture on a public stage, can't it? <laughs> Absolutely. A smile, a kind word, a look, we can feel uplifted by them. In fact, the masses tell us that many times people look on our faces, they notice the light and mm. the health that we have, and it's not just by performing certain exercises or taking health food. Uh, and you can laugh, but this is true. It's not only the physical body which shines, it's the inner bodies that shine even more. It's a force field of light. People can see it and sense it. And you can transfer light from one person to another. It's like electricity. Mm-hmm. I touch you, you touch somebody else. You know, and it, and it, that's how it, it feeds. It, right. it just keeps rolling yeah, out. Yeah, that ripple effect. And people can feel it and they want to get that light too. So when they come and come to you and say in the airport, okay, what, what's, what's going on with you? What's different? <laughs> Tell them, here's the chart. Yeah. Here's what I believe. Here's what I meditate on every day. This makes a huge difference to me. Try wow. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, from speaking of trying it, we may have room for one more quick question here. All right. And I'll, this, well, we'll wrap it up with this one. Good deeds are typically portrayed as outer focused, but we can also do good deeds for ourselves, can't we? Oh, good point. Often we are hardest on ourselves. We've talked about that. It's really good if we can take care of ourselves and our needs. Loving and caring for ourselves sends a signal to our four lower bodies. Most important, take care of the physical body. Yeah. You know, eating the right things, getting exercises, just doing all those things that we know we need to do. doesn't have to take a lot of time, but just a little bit each day. And attend to your emotions and your mental state as well. And most important, be kind to yourself and forgive yourself. And like you said with the boy, you know, it's, it's all, all part of the game. Part of the game. Don't worry about it. It's all good. You made a mistake. Get up. Yeah. Well, yeah. and on that note, another hour has literally vanished. But I've got more to say. <laughs> I okay, know. I'll come well, back. <laughs> please do. I will come back. Please do. Back. You know. But yeah. thank you again for being here today. I oh, really appreciate. Fun. Your contributions, as always. Yes, and we want to thank you out there for joining us today, too. We hope you find the subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And please be sure to join us again. Please do. And remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.